the fusion of all those people coming from every which angle, it could have been a trailer for the an Avengers movie. Um, the three men who skipped down to the fight. Yes. <laughs> that's when you know it's over. When you're happy to fight, yeah. like that is a that's a great feeling. And uh, yeah. you know the Lord is on your side. <laughs> um, if you're happy yeah. and you're skipping to a fight. Welcome back, everyone, to a very, very special episode of Stuck with Damon Young, the show where everyone has COVID. Well, okay, not everyone, but I do. My symptoms were much worse yesterday, but I feel good enough to record today. Our initial guest for this week, my homie, Panama Jackson, has COVID too. And unfortunately, his symptoms are a bit too severe to join us. We were both in Birmingham, Alabama for the National Association of Black Journalists annual convention and probably caught it down there. So instead, joining us today and making her stuck with David Young debut will be Morgan Moody, a.k.a. Morgan the Producer. And we spend the entire episode on something else that happened in Alabama last weekend. The Montgomery Boat Dock Brawl, affectionately known as Fade in the Water. Fade in the water. Fade in the water. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> but not just the brawl. But all the angles, the historical context, all the characters, all the names for all the characters, and even our own thoughts on what we would have done if we were there. All right, y'all. Let's get it. As a plant-based cheese company, Daya has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So, putting a slice of Daya cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef. Because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Moneymaker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. So yeah, again, we were scheduled to have Panama Jackson join us today, but again, Panama has COVID, wasn't able to, you know, he hoped that he gets better soon. Instead, making her stuck with David Young debut will be Morgan Moody. Morgan is a producer, a podcaster, a stand-up comedian who has worked for very many shows, including Stuck with David Young. So Morgan, how you doing? Better than you, I guess. A little bit better than you. <laughs> <laughs> better than me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have COVID. I had the coronavirus. You know, it's it's hard to pin down exactly when you catch things like this, but I'm 99% certain that I caught it while I was at NABJ, which is National Association of Black Journalists. They have the annual convention. This year, they had it in Birmingham, Alabama. I was there from Thursday until Sunday. Had a great time. Great, great time. NABJ is fun. So you've been before? Yeah, I've been to one in uh, D.C. Okay. Okay. What year was that? 
maybe 2016. It was it was just like the last good year that we had. Obama was was getting right. It was it was a sad year, sad time in our history, okay. but um, and a great NABJ. And yeah, so I was there for NABJ, and it's funny because I didn't do anything official, and so I just went down and was hanging out, and you know, hung out with people, had a really good time, and now I have COVID. Panama Jackson, who again was going to be a guest on the show, also has COVID, and I'm I'm pretty sure that everyone we hung out with <laughs> that weekend is probably going to test positive because we kind of stayed with like the same group of people, going to restaurants and hanging out and going to the parties and stuff together do events and stuff together so so yeah and you were in Canton, ohio last weekend yeah i was in canton ohio for the hall of fame uh darrell revis from outside of pittsburgh aliquippa was getting inducted it's very cool yeah and aliquippa is a small town which is in a county beaver county which is adjacent to allegheny county where pittsburgh is and aliquippa has the distinction as being the high school in the country that has the most NFL Hall of Famers with Darrell Revis, Ty Law, and Mike Ditka. And for real, for real, they should have four because Tony Dorsett should have gone to Aliquippa. I don't know why he went to Hopewell. Yeah. My shameless plug is that uh, I'm working on a documentary with another writer who lives in Pittsburgh that is a friend of yours, Damon. And uh, we actually, yeah, we're finding that out. What would have happened if Tony Dorsett would have gone to Aliquippa? Because, you know... Maybe it wouldn't have been the same. I mean, Tony Dorsett was like a comment, you know, in terms of his athleticism. How do you know? You don't know. I saw him. <laughs> I saw clips. <laughs> I remember my dad talking about seeing Tony Dorsett run, and he said it was like he was floating. Yeah. I partied with him this weekend. First of all, he's a fine man. Okay. Fine. Like, I don't know his age, but Tony Dorsett is still gorgeous. He was lovely. He was, like, so bubbly around the party. And he is very, like, light on his feet. He just seemed like he was, like, floating through this party. Did you shoot your shot? I don't know. It was just really cool to see him. I had on my best Big East Mm t-shirt when Pitt was in it. That was the best that I could do. I was there professionally. I was there in a professional capacity. So I'm just saying, <laughs> opportunity. I'm just saying, Tony Dorsett's still a very handsome man. When opportunity knocks, you got to open a door. But yeah, that's where I was this weekend, not in Alabama. Kind of wish I was. I mean, and I was in Alabama. <laughs> I was in Birmingham at the same time that, what are we calling it? The Riverfront Brawl. Riverfront Brawl. There's another name. Fade by the Water. Fade by the Water. Fade by the Water. Yes. That's a book title. Yes. <laughs> I was in Birmingham at the same time that Fade by the Water was happening in Montgomery, Alabama. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what we're talking about, which I presume is nobody. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an idea, but we're going to do a quick yeah. summary anyway. <laughs> All right. So there is this riverbank. Boat dock in Montgomery, Alabama. These white people had a boat, were out boating, doing whatever they do, drinking, whatever. And they docked their boat in a place that they weren't supposed to dock the boat because there was a larger riverfront boat that had to dock there. So one of the dock workers approaches these white people and it's like, hey, you need to move your boat. Can't have your boat here. You need to move it. And so you can see the conversation getting more and more heated. And more and more just, I don't know, hand movements and very, like, I don't know, threatening movements. And then one of them hits him. Yeah. And then after one of them hits him, a whole bunch of them, like four or five of them, converge on him 
and jump him. You're also missing the the call to action. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving like the wiki summary right now. <laughs> we'll talk about him morphing yeah. the body yeah, 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 yeah. in, in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, so he gets jumped by these white people. And then moments later, all these black people converge out of nowhere from land, from air, and even from water. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> to basically jump the white people who were jumping him. And it becomes a brawl where in multiple camera angles, in fact, we're discovering new camera angles every day, every hour, new angles. Every hour. There's a new something, a new angle. Okay, and we're recording this on Tuesday, which is three days after um, the fade in the water. <laughs> and again, discovering new images, new angles. Every day, like it's just this morning, I saw a still image of the brawl happening. And there's a man who was like posing for the camera and is taking a picture like he's taking one of those like, I don't know, club pictures with like the backdrop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, with the drop down pose. <laughs> yes. And he's just posing for this picture in the middle of all this mayhem going on. So Morgan. Mm hmm. When you first saw this, what was going through your head? Okay. Because I was out of town, I was a little bit delayed. So I was really catching up. I feel like it really caught steam Sunday night and going into Monday. Because when Monday hit, which was two days after Fade on the Water, I have just never seen... Black people continue to amaze me because the amount of creativity that we're seeing online and the jokes that have been coming from this have been mwah, chef's kiss, like just top tier. Initially, I thought like, this is hilarious and I'm going to post it to my Instagram stories. And I had a, a tinge of like regret because I was like, I, I really don't know any of the background of this story. I'm just happy to see <laughs> black folks whipping some ass and like for them to come together in this way. Because I already know like behind this, probably some racist shit has happened like you know these sorts of things people aren't just converging from air water and land to gang up on people and beat them up like necessarily you know I don't know what was said but I'm black and I know what was said so I'm not surprised have you ever been on a boat yes I've been on boats like the boating culture is always that like you know these people go out there they drink to extreme excess and I feel like that's part of it. Then they come back and they're drunk and that liquid courage and they got knocked out of them. Oh, definitely. This was definitely an alcohol induced fade. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Blame it on an alcohol, baby, because these motherfuckers <laughs> definitely got their ass kicked because of Bud Light. You know what I mean? And that liquid courage and that liquid racism, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That lack of inhibition, that, that feeling invincible, feeling like, you know what, we could... We could jump this black man. We could beat this man up in front of witnesses. Right. And nothing's going to happen to us. Right. We're going to be fine. We're going to be good. And the thing is, if we want to get a little more serious, a little bit more dark with this, they could have killed him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a sort of situation where, you, you know, you got four or five men jumping on one guy. One of them hits him in the head. One of them strangles like whatever this is the sort of situation where people could die you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think that's what we usually see with these sorts of videos that go viral when it comes to white people attacking black people yeah and again we'll get into some of the more entertaining particulars of this but there has been also like some criticism in form of a question like why 
are black people, why are you all so happy to see a bunch of black people beat up a bunch of white people? And again, there's this historical context, right? Yeah. We don't even have to go back super far. We could talk about lynching. We could talk about just all the circumstances historically in America where white people brutalized black people, you know what I mean? And got off scot-free. In fact, lynching was a motherfucking like event with postcards and souvenirs and gift shops. And they would fucking schedule lynchings for Sundays so that people could come after church in their Sunday best to witness this. You know what I mean? It was a community event, right? And so you have that context. You have the context of, again, these white people thinking that it would be all right to to whoop this black man's ass, to jump him, to to possibly kill him. And so the joy that people are seeing is these white people experiencing their comeuppance. You know, it's the phrase, which is, you know, cliche now, but whatever. They fucked around and found out. (laughs) That's what happened. And that's where the joy comes from. You know, if it was just like just some random, like if we just saw the last half of the brawl where... You know, just some black people kicking some white people's asses. Right. It would be right. like, okay, this is whatever. We see a thousand videos like this like on World Star or or whatever. It's not like a big deal. But again, the entire context, the entire story, the entire video, all the different angles of the video, all that shit matters, right? All of the characters. And then all the characters too. <laughs> that was a movie. So the dock worker. These people attacked him. But he fought back. You know what I mean? He put up his dukes. He did all he could. You know, he landed a couple of blows. And before he did all of that, <laughs> he took his hat. <laughs> and he threw it up in the air. The signal. Now, we have no idea if that hat has landed. <laughs> yet. <Yeah>, that hat <laughs> floated up to the heavens. It never came back in frame. Of all the angles I ever saw, it never came back in frame. <laughs> never came that hat. Never. There are 50 different angles of this fight. And there's no angle of the hat ever coming back. <laughs> the ancestors <laughs> took it from there. That's why. Yes. <laughs> well, and again, it, it was a call. You know, that hat going up in the air was a call. And an ancestor caught it and then sent a message down back to Earth. And then again, the nigga Voltron emerged and had my man's back. So, Morgan, as someone who is not a stranger to street brawls and bar brawls (laughs) as an adult, can you give us some context to the hats thrown in the air? I mean, when you were fighting niggas in the street, did you ever have like a thing that you would do to alert people that you were about to fight? Like, did you take off your glasses? Did you untie your shoes and throw them up in the air? Like, did you, was there a thing that you ever did? I definitely think that there's like signals that, you know, you give your people, whoever you're with, that like something's going down. I'm trying to think, uh, when I was in high school, I saw a pretty bad fight on a boat. We were on a boat for graduation and there were three fights on the boat. It was for like city high schools. And yeah, anyway, so we were on the boat and there were like three different fights and they were like, you know, next fight, we're turning this boat around. And they literally did in the middle of the river. And we had to get off. Then one of our friends like was still fighting and then the police got involved and she uh, hit them with her car and she got tased. So I've seen some fights. But <laughs> never anything like this. I've seen the signals. Though. I've definitely seen signals when, like, people are, you know, getting their ass kicked. But I've never seen 
people flock the way that they did, you know, to help this man. It, that was amazing. That was an amazing sight. Yeah. And, and again, the hat, I'm still going to keep coming back to the fact that of all the camera angles that we've seen of this, we have not seen the hat land. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where is it today? Where is that hat? What happened to the hat? I mean, it's the same thing with Bobby Spurter's hat. <laughs> it didn't come back down. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, too, like, what was going through his head where it's like, you know what? Maybe the hat signifies, like, you know what? It reminds me of that scene of 40-year-old version with Kevin Hart and Romani Malco, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he's like, you know, yes, we're nigga, nigga here now. And I think that the hat being thrown off was his, like, okay, you asked for a nigga, <laughs> the nigga here now <laughs> moment. Like, I'm not, I'm not the dock worker anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to fight. <laughs> And there were so many, like, characters throughout the fight because first it's the security guard. It's obviously, like, all the white boaters. There was also a video that showed there was a young white dock employee. And bless his heart, he tried. And one of them punched him out. But he tried. So he was the first man on the scene. I haven't seen that one. Maybe I saw it and I just didn't notice him. Maybe I just had, like, race blindness or something. He was standing there kind of just, like, you know, kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. And uh, once they started, like, circling around the uh, security guard, he, you know, went in and tried to break it up. And one of the men punched him. And then that's when... uh, (laughs) That's when the boat employee jumped into the water and swam to the fight. I've never seen that happen a day in my life. And there's an angle. We could see just how far the boat was from the dock. Yeah. This was not a short swim. And it was in a river. Yeah. Like, this water moves. (laughs) Yeah, this was not an easy, like, leisurely swim. Mm. Like, he could have drowned. You know what I mean? But he was obviously a strong swimmer. Yeah. Made it over there. Hopped up on the deck. Which, again, takes strength to be able to do that. In wet clothes. (laughs) In wet clothes and lost his shoes. And there was an angle I didn't see on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But I saw it on Monday where he body slams someone that is maybe twice his size. And did that maybe a minute after. Yeah. He had just finished that swim. (laughs) Just climbed on the deck. I mean, this is this is like on some Jim Thorpe, Wilt Chamberlain like type shit Bo Jackson mm-hmm. like athletes that are where the myth actually undersells how like what they actually did like this is one of the best athletic performances I think I've ever witnessed I mean I think that a lot of things came into play one he's a younger man so it's like I'm sure that really helps being able to like swim and then continue on the fight I, I me personally I would have needed you know a couple business days to recover the swim alone would have just been like my effort but <laughs> the swim alone would have knocked me out for a month yeah like, I wouldn't have been podcasting. If I made it. I wouldn't have been doing nothing. I would have been in bed. And I can't swim. So if I would have learned how to swim <laughs> and then had to do that, I would have been knocked out for a month. Yeah. But I think that when you see something like that, you know, in the past, we've seen so many horrific videos of uh, Black people's lives being ended at the hands of, you know, police or at some sort of hate crime and you know truly it's like these people were probably triggered by that nobody wanted to see that happen and then on top of that they thought that they were going to beat this man up for doing his job and just and just get back on their boat and like walk away hey it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. One of the more entertaining bits of this is the different names that people have come up with for the young boy <laughs> who swam 200 yards, climbed 20 feet, and then body slammed a 400-pound man all within like two minutes. Some of the names. Swimmy Hendrix, <laughs> C. Murda, Mike Tyfin, Sting Ray Leonard, Scuba Gooding Jr. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one too. Gil Scott Heron, <laughs> 21 Salmon, J.J. Fish, Michael B. Phelps, Captain Hulk, Catfish Cuz, 21 Tilapia, Shaquille O'Gills, Albie Dam. I've also seen Jermichael Phelps. Jermichael Phelps. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so my personal favorites, I think, are Aquamane. Yeah. Okay, you got to say it like your parents' power. <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman. And um, Gary Indiana Jones. Gary Indiana Jones. That's funny. That's funny. Yes. Yeah. 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 So those are the ones that I'm most partial to. But again, I mean, this was a tremendous feat of courage, of bravery, and of athleticism. Yeah. You see shit like this in movies. It could have been a trailer. You see athleticism. When you watch sports, you see courage when you watch things. But the fusion of courage, bravery, and athleticism, you know what I mean? All in one is something. It's just a rare sight. The fusion of all those people coming from every which angle. It could have been a trailer for the an Avengers movie. Um, the three men who skipped down to the fight. Yes. <laughs> that's when you know it's over. When you're happy to fight, yeah. like that is a that's a great feeling. And uh, yeah. you know the Lord is on your side. <laughs> um, if you're happy yeah. and you're skipping to a fight. Everybody should be mad, and I'm talking about those white people, should be mad at their little friend in the red shorts. Because he was the one that started all of it. He's the one that threw the first punch. And then he was one of the ones like in that picture that I intend to get printed and have framed on my wall of the three men who surrounded them. And that was like the start of the ass kicking. That's art. That should be in a museum. It's art. And and, and, this, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought up the skipping because, you know, skipping to whoop someone's ass just adds like a different layer of shame when you get your ass whooped. Oh, yeah. By a nigga who skipped to the fight. So not, not only was he happy. <laughs> to be fighting you he had no anxiety whatsoever it's like you know what oh shit i'm about, about, to, about to go whoop some ass let me let me skip down here 
<laughs> Let me do some Mary Poppins shit. To look at the picture, like you can see the police standing behind them after they skipped over. And they were like, all right, well, let's let's just see where this goes. <laughs> and the police who were mostly black from what I saw took their time. There was a white man standing behind them. And I tell you what, he was probably looking like I'm going to be next if I break this. <laughs> yeah, they took their sweet time in breaking this up. And the one time where it was like, OK, we, we really have to stop this shit is when chair nigga. The chair itself has become a meme. Yeah. We've seen people having pictures of themselves with the chair, almost like a gun, you know, talking about they're in an open carry state. <laughs> there have been skits with the chair. You know, there's been like a whole mythology behind like the invention and the patent of the folding chair. So all of that has happened over the last couple of days. And again, it's been a product of the fade in the water. But the actual chair, nigga. Mm, unk. Remember Anchorman? You've seen Anchorman? Yeah. Okay. Which one? One or two? One. We don't acknowledge Anchorman 2. It was great, too. It was okay. Okay. And obviously, you remember the big fight scene with all the different anchors and, and whatever. Yeah. Different stations. And then they have the recap, you know, that escalated quickly. And then uh, Ron Burgundy's like, and Brick killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the and Brick killed a guy award goes to the chair nigga. Yeah. <laughs> who... Beat the one man's ass with the chair, but then hit that woman in the head. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that what we're doing now, too? Yeah. That's really when the police were like, all right, we gotta step in and try to break this. Yeah, up. that was a point where it's like, yeah, we gotta stop this shit yeah. before before it ends. But there was, I mean, the woman that like knocked the blonde woman. Um, I found a video of her this morning, actually, the blonde employee who knocked the woman into the river. Her name's Tammy Howard. And she had a, she was, she must have gone live and uh, somebody recorded it and brought it over to TikTok. But she was talking about how um, the security guard, it, it was somebody that she grew up with. He like, you know, helped raise her kids. And she was just like, you know, I've had a son die. And she was like, you know, I couldn't have that happen to him. Like that man could have died, you know. And she had said that she got fired. So I don't know if that's true or not. We really, yeah, we really should like look into that. I hope not. I hope Tammy's not fired, but she says she would do it again. I think that, you know, if there's any way that I think that people around the country can contribute other than memes yeah, and jokes is all types of, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people are going to be facing charges and contributing to a legal defense fund or GoFundMe or whatever to help these people out who may have lost their jobs, may have lost their livelihood over this incident. Any other characters that we forgot to mention? Yeah, honorable mention is the class of 1975, uh, who was, I think Chairman was probably part of that, but they had on T-shirts and uh, those men were 66 years old and whooping ass like they were 16. This is another part of it. This was a generational yes. ass whooping. Yes. Like there were teenagers, there were people who looked <laughs> to be in their 20s and their 30s, and there were old men out there. Yeah. Like it was... You rarely see generations like this come together for a common goal. It made me for Clint. It brought a tear to my eye just seeing young men, old men, young women, old women coming together for a common cause. And that's to whoop some people's asses. It brought a tear to my eye. And also, too, there were some white people who were on the right side and who tried to help, tried to stop the fighting or tried to help the black people out who were you know, the protagonist. And so, you know, give him a shout out to good job, <laughs> white allies. And I feel like 
if you're going to be an ally, if you're going to call yourself an ally, you got to you got to put your skin in the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not enough just to retweet something or to put a black box on your IG profile. No, you got to be willing to take an uppercut. Right. <laughs> for the cause. Got to be willing to get hit with a chair. <laughs> got to be willing to put your chain in your neck out there for it. The funny thing about a lot of this, too, is that there was just a Trump rally there the day before. So those people were charged up and really, you know, thinking that that they were going to get away with something like this. And I think like just a lot of energy charged around that. And I hope that, you know, none of those people involved who were trying to prevent the attacks get charged with anything. Fingers crossed. I can't defend Unk with the chair after the second hit. I can't, you know, but if if old girl was okay, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and that's one of the things that makes this so rewatchable mm-hmm. and so memeable and, and fodder for so many jokes right. and so much conversation is that no one died. There were no guns. Didn't look to be like any knives or any like serious weapons. It was just a fist fight brawl. Yeah. I mean, you had chair nigga and you had Aquaman getting, you know, the strength of the sea to help him. But aside from that, you know, it was just a old school throwdown. You know what I mean? And that's something that has added to the popularity of this is just seeing people fight and everyone goes home yeah at the end of the night you know even the people that got their ass whooped like no one died right so damon you were down in alabama but you weren't at the riverboat brawl unfortunately but what would you have done like if you saw that happening that i mean there were so many people on the side of the boat like looking over at it there was people on the dock like if you saw that what would you have done Okay, well, I first have to start with what I could not have done. Again, I can't swim, so I couldn't have been Aquaman. Right. Um, I would have drowned. <laughs> so if I were on a boat, I would have just had to stay on a boat. Speaking of the boat, have you seen a clip where the, the band on the boat is actually playing a song? It's like, y'all got to move the boat. Y'all got to move. Yeah. <laughs> y'all got to move that boat. Okay. The brawl had an announcer. Yeah. It was narrated. And again, that that just adds insult to injury. It's like, I'm getting my ass whooped while I'm being crooned to. And while niggas are skipping. Mm-hmm. Black people are and, so and, unserious. And, and throwing magic hats <laughs> into the air. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll never forget that. So, okay, what would I have done? I think I, I'm going to keep it a buck. If I would have joined in that fight, I wouldn't have been one of the first. I wouldn't have been like the niggas that were skipping (laughs) to the brawl. That wouldn't have been me. Mm -hmm. It would have been like, you know what, shit, I need to get in this. There are enough of us that are in this. I need to get in this because if I don't get in this, then it's going to be a bad look. When the rest of my family, the rest of my friends are in this fight and I'm just chilling, you know, recording on my phone. Like, nah, I need to I need to get into this. So you're just going down there for looks, though. You're not really going down there for any action. You're just going down there so because everybody else is down there. Once I'm down there, there's going to be action, right? I, I couldn't just go down there and just pose for selfies. So I can't throw my hat up around you if I'm in a fight because you're not coming. <laughs> well, you just said that you don't have hats. You just said that. You said that you don't do a thing. I've never thrown a hat in a fight, but I think that's now our universal signal. If I've learned anything from this. I will say that if I saw black man getting jumped by like a bunch of white people, then I would intervene. Right. I don't know how it intervened. Like would I go in just 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 throwing haymakers immediately? Would I try to like get in between or stop it? I would intervene. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be skipping 
<laughs> to the fight. You know what I mean? But if I witness a thing like that happening, then I would. It's one of the things where, yeah, you have to because it's the right thing. Yeah. And it's also like, how can you live with yourself if you just walk by and just just let it happen? You know what I mean? I think, yeah, in this position, particularly, like, the people had the opportunity to do something because it wasn't something, you know, like police involvement where everybody's lives would have been, you know, under threat if they would have tried to intervene when it came to the police. But yeah, I don't know if that fight had happened and I had been in the vicinity. I mean, I think that there's, you know, there's people that fight and then the people that recorded it, recorded the fight from all of those different angles. Like they are a major part of this too, because I think that a big reason that, because everybody was like taken into, you know, custody. But like, from what I've heard so far when we're recording this, there haven't been any charges for the Black people who were trying to prevent the attack and also <laughs> just whooping ass. There hasn't been any because, you know, it, everybody recorded it and everybody kind of knew that this, how this started. There were, there's proof of it. You know, these people are might be charged with a hate crime. They are charged with felonies, which carry some, some weight and time. So Yeah, and the recording of it plays an extremely vital role in all of this because, again, if the police happen upon a scene and they just see a whole bunch of black people beating up some white people, right. then it's a completely different dynamic, completely different circumstance legally. But because there's proof right. that, oh, these people started it, you know what I mean? Now, again, I'm, I'm no legal expert or anything like that, but I would imagine... That, that changes things, that having that context makes a difference, right? Now, I will say that even though we had all the different camera angles and camera footage, there's one angle that, you know, I don't think that we have seen yet. And that's like a man on the street sort of angle where someone who was actually involved with the brawl recording. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't seen that angle yet. And I'm wondering if that angle exists where someone who is actually doing the fighting right there on the deck was also recording, too. Well, how could you be fighting and recording? They were down there about their business. People can multitask. We saw Geary and Anna Jones swimming and, and diving and jumping and slamming. So, you know, if he could do that, anything is possible. Have you ever been in a fight? Like a brawl like that? Like a... A brawl like that? Like a bigger fight, not just like, you know, maybe you and your cousin or something like that. The closest I've come to that I guess, as an adult, or not even really as an adult, as a teenager, because I was 19, was when we went to basketball team, Canisius College, went to Italy the summer after my freshman year. And we got into an almost brawl with one of the Italian teams that we played against over there. Racially motivated? I don't know if it was racially motivated. Because um, you don't speak Italian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, too, because like, I had ACL reconstruction that summer, so I was still out there with like a big ass brace and limping around. But when a brawl was happening, was about to happen, actually was the first one out there. <laughs> I'm proud. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I actually was the first one out there. Were you still like hobbling? Were you still like on crutches? I was still hobbling. Yeah. <laughs> but I was talking shit. You know, I don't know if they could understand a word I was saying, but I was out there talking shit. It is funny because afterwards, my teammates were talking about me. It's like, Damon, what the fuck were you going to do? You can't even walk. What were you going to do <laughs> out there, <laughs> you know, talking? Yeah. But, okay, I, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me Yeah. about that, Morgan. 
Appreciate you. Remembering some flashbacks of your golden years. When was your most recent brawl? <laughs> been a part of like I mean for me physically uh a few years ago my sister had uh just had a baby and um so you, you can see where this is going we took her out and uh, she just she was just stressed the baby was crying and it was just a stressful time and I had said something to her along the lines of you need to calm down and, you know, we were just, it was like I was driving her around. So we're like fighting the whole car ride. You know, my nephew is like in the back as a baby. Um, we're like fighting the whole car ride. My mom is like threatens to get, she does. She like gets out of the car. because She's like, I'm not going to ride with you if you're fighting like this. And I'm yelling at her. This is like in, you know, riding down Fifth Avenue in Shadyside. It's a scene. So finally we like get to my sister's house and like, she's trying to fight me. I'm like in my car and I'm like, I'm not going to get out. I've been going to therapy. I've set boundaries. Like, I'm not engaging in this. And then finally, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just like, you know, that fight response is strong in my family. And uh, I got out of the car and I was like ready to fight her. And she punched me in the face. My glasses got scraped and somebody from far away yelled world star. And I don't know who it was to this day. <laughs> 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 the police came like my nephew is a baby like a few months old like maybe like four months old he's like in his uh in his little car seat just on the curb my mom is like watching this go down and trying to like break it up you know um but yeah that was a few years ago I would you know but yeah for the most part like now I would never really get into a fight but if I saw that go down yeah yeah I'm a I'm I'm a fighter in that way like if if something's really happening I I think it's my duty to hop in and do what I can do and a circumstance like that, yeah, you know you'll be protected by the ancestors because, again, that hat, the Neverlanding hat, you know, alerted them and they bestowed their protection upon all of the members of the brawl. So, if you throw your hat around me, I'm I'm coming. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Taking my earrings off, and I'm I'm there in seconds. Okay, so Morgan, the producer. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this on this COVID influence edition of Stuck with Damon Young. As you could see, I didn't I didn't say anything about this earlier, but I'm even recording this from a different location in the house. I'm in my bedroom because I'm barricaded in here to keep away from my kids to not infect them and my wife. This is just where I live, <laughs> where I've been living for the last 24 hours or well, probably be for the next 36 hours. So again, this was fun. You know, shout out to everyone in Montgomery. Part of the brawl, the fade by the water. We love you. <laughs> we love y'all. <laughs> and we thank you for helping us. This has been, you know, for reasons that I don't really need to get into, this has been a difficult week in Stuckland, you know, and I think that watching some of this, talking about this, sharing memes, sharing jokes has, you know, has helped alleviate just some of the difficulties of the week. Certainly cathartic. So, yeah. Thank you all for that, too. Again, just want to thank our guest, our one guest, Morgan Moody. Great conversation, great topic. It was a lot of fun. And also, we just want to thank everyone in Montgomery who played a part in just making our weeks 
so joyful. So thank you to you all. And again, Stuck With David Young is available on every platform, anywhere you get podcasts, but if you're on Spotify, if you're on the Spotify app, we have interactive questions and polls and things of that nature. So go knock yourself out and have some fun with that. Also, we did not have Dear Damon this week. Again, it was a very special episode, but going forward, Dear Damon will be on every episode of Stuck With David Young. And so if you have any questions about anything whatsoever, hit me up at Dear Damon at crooked.com. All right, y'all. See you next week. Stuck with Damon Young is hosted by me, Damon Young. From Crooked Media, our executive producers are Kendra James and Madeline Herringer. Our producers are Ryan Wallerson and Morgan Moody. Mixing and mastering by Sarah Gibble-Laska and the folks at Chapter 4. Theme music and score by Taka Yasuzawa. And special thanks to Charlotte Landis. And from Spotify, our executive producers are Lauren Silverman, Neil Drumming, and Matt Schiltz. Special thanks to Leslie Guam and Crystal Hall Stressler. 